Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a best Alright, welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast It's Dane, I'm here with Wags But far more importantly than either of us Tonight we have an absolute legend joining us to kick off our podcast, Andre freaking Ryzen. Andre, welcome back to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was just going to say, Andre, um, first of all, congratulations on being nominated officially for the Hall of Fame couple of years ago, you came on and talked about you're hoping it would happen soon, and now it has. Um, so just tell us, where were you when you heard the news, and, and what was that moment like for you? Well, actually, I was sitting with one of my uh, colleagues, one of my coaches, and uh, him and I were just talking football, and we were watching, uh, I believe some, some college games were on, and uh, we were just chatting, and uh, I got a text from a uh, young woman that's writing our book, uh, writing my book, my autobiography. And um, she was like, did you hear it? Did you hear the news? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? You know, because I was buried into, you know, football schemes and this and that, this and that. We were talking football, being my coach. And, um, I was like, no. So I missed it totally. And then when I went to see it, I still, it still hasn't hit me yet, you know. And so I told everybody, you know, thanks, uh, you know, for, for all the attention and uh, have fun with it. You know, it's a nomination and uh, it's something I, you know, I worked hard for, and uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful for it. Andre, um, well, it's well deserved, and we're going to get into the stats. We're gonna, we're gonna make the case for you, not only while you're on the <laughs> podcast, but going forward as as much as we possibly can. But um, it sounds like it hasn't totally sunk in, but. What emotions did you feel right away um, when you heard that? I know you said it didn't feel quite real, but um, did did you kind of go through memory lane a little bit, or, or were you just still in the moment, or just how did you feel after that? Um, I, I was like uh, in a weird moment. You know, it felt weird because I got a lot of loyal fans. You know, and um, you know, you uh, you hear it from them, you hear it a lot. And uh, I don't know what just happened, but we'll find out. But oh, it looks like we may have lost Andre here, so we'll try to get him back. Um, we lost his video, so we'll see if we we can get him back on shortly. Um, so wait, folks, while we wait for him, can we just talk about how good Andre Risen was? Yeah, yeah. Why don't we? And I was going to say before you do that, I'll give you the floor, Dane. Uh, there's a lot to say. Um, and folks, if you have any questions or comments and you're with us live, feel free to pop them in the chat. Can't promise we'll get to all of them, but we'll do the best we can. Um, it looks we like see- we do have Andre yeah. back here, so I'm going to try to get him back on. Uh, Andre, up, do we guys? have you back? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so hey. it looks like we lost you momentarily, but you were just telling us what it felt like, uh, what your emotions were like when, when you heard, um, you know, the news. And, and obviously, Dane was saying that we're here to make your your case. Your case, I think, speaks for itself, too, by the way. But um, but, yeah, I'll let you continue where you left off with some of the emotions of of uh, finding out that you had been officially nominated for the Hall of Fame. I mean, I I thought about you know all the hard work that you know we put in behind behind the scene and 
Uh, and like I said, I got a lot of loyal fans that, you know, been waiting a long time. And so uh, just to hear my name, be a part of the, uh, the class uh, of nominees, I just very grateful. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I don't know, Andre, if, you know, since your career has ended, if per- perspective changes at all, but just kind of curious, you know, with the you know benefit of some foresight and just kind of looking back now uh, a few years um is there any you know special moments to you i mean like dane said the stats speak for themselves um you had a hell of a career um but if you if and this may be a hard question but if you could just zone in on what do you think your hall of fame story truly is um I would say a great teammate, um, a captain, a leader uh, that showed that you can play amongst the limelight and be uh, the talk of the team, but still uh, come to work every day, uh, show up like all the other pros and be a pro and, you know, make make some mistakes on and off the field, but yet still be a champion. And, uh, you know, God blesses those who, you know, give all praise to him. And I think as long as we stay that course, you know, we find a little luck here and there. And I was, you know, blessed by him to go through some Jacksonville and the Cleveland ordeal, but make it through, you know, and end up in Green Bay and, you know, be on a stage to exhibit my talent at the highest level. I, I'm so I'm thankful and grateful again to do it at an organization like Green Bay, you know, uh, with so much tradition and so many great players. Uh, to play there prior to me and win championships. And then to win one with that organization, I think it summed up a lot of uh, negativity or uh, pain I might have had when I retired. You know, to win one with the pack, man, is huge. And yeah. uh, it doesn't get bigger than that. And Trust I think us. That, would be, that was the moment. You know? and, I had, and we had success after that, uh, individually and team success. But um, to reach that, that, that moment in play alongside of those great players. Oh, man, that was awesome. And, and trust us, Andre, we uh, we remember how big that was. <laughs> it was big for us, too. We were kids watching you and, and screaming at the top of our lungs uh, nah. when, when you joined the Packers. And uh, we, we've had a chance to talk with you before, but we are a Packer podcast. So I just I have to ask, uh, what was it about the Packers that, that were so special, um, you know, because you came in at such an interesting time in the season and things could have gone sideways um, what you, with, the, with the Packers season. We were decimated by injuries. You come in, you help right that ship. We win a championship in no small part because of your contributions to the team in the locker room, your contributions to the team on the field. So what was the environment like in Green Bay? I mean, it was championship football. I mean... Head coach was Mike Holmgren, you know, and he had been around championship football before in San Francisco. And so, um, you know, we had great talent. We had our great leadership, Reggie White, and Brett Favre, Sean Jones. And so uh, we had the right chemistry. And then we had the young guys uh, that were hungry to, you know, show their talent, you know, Antonio Freeman and Desmond Howard trying to, uh, you know, make his brand a household name. Uh, which he did, you know, and we all just uh, came together collectively and uh, all believed in each other and, you know, got some luck, played in some cold games in the playoffs and uh, 
got lucky on that one. Everybody had to come through us. They had to go through Lambeau. And, uh, you know, hey, it's hard to win in Lambeau in December and January. (laughs) (laughs) Andre, you know, um, I'm going to pop a question in here that we have on our live chat from Dwayne Gomez. Uh, And we asked you this last time you were on, but I'm just going to set him up for you. What was going through your mind, Super Bowl 31? when you ran under that pass from Brett Favre for that opening touchdown? <laughs> Don't drop it. <laughs> like, whatever, dude. Don't drop it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, that's all I thought about. Because I had dropped one like that in college before I hit my face mask and bounced off. And so I didn't want that one to hit my face mask. And, uh you know, we played with so much confidence, man, and believed in our talent. We believed we were the greatest to play the game. And yeah. so the greatest had to perform on those type of stages. And so it was it was routine, but a, a awesome feeling, you know, for uh, the people that you know that were just watching, uh, all your coaches, uh, they coached you in peewee football, little league, uh, getting the chance to watch the, uh, the pupil, you know, out there doing that stage. Uh, that's uh, very uh, – that's very big, man. The Super Bowl is huge, and it's even bigger now, you know. So, you know, you you talked, you mentioned a book, so I want to I want to ask you about that uh, in a moment as well. But um, it's been a heck of a journey, uh, and and a Hall of Fame a nomination is such an honor uh, to be in the conversation with all of these other great players, the greatest that have ever played this game. Um, what were some of the lessons you learned along the way? Andre, because, you know, you, you, you played in the league a long time. You did a lot in this league. Are there any lessons that stand out for you? I mean, the, the game of football itself is a great game. You know, it's a lot of life lessons learned within the game. And uh, I was fortunate to play for some great coaches and uh, some great owners, and then I played for some, some bad owners. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you play in the 80s and the 90s and then you play in the the thousands, you know, I'm just waiting on the call to land somewhere, somebody in front office somewhere, <laughs> you know, uh, to, to help them, you know, uh, with all this knowledge uh, and, and wealth and knowledge I've gained, obtained, you know, by playing in the National Football League and being blessed, uh, being very lucky to do it because um, there's a lot of ups and downs, you know. Uh, everybody's not going to that elevator and being able to go up on the top floor and visit with the owner and, and learn ownership and, and then galvanizing that. And so when we came along, it was a totally different game, totally different ball game, totally different pay, totally different everything. But uh, the love of the game, as uh, long as these kids keep the passion and, and the NFL will continue to grow, as long as we keep great players in it like Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady, and uh, they're carrying they carry it, you know, in the right way, in the right direction, you know. And so I'm happy about that part. Uh, you know, but when we played the game, was the rules different? Totally, you know, they were totally different. Much phys- The physicality, to me, uh, is, it's all the same, but, you know, the pulling and the tugging and, and don't have to pick a, a shot before it's called uh, targeting, uh, that, would change, that would definitely change the game because I was definitely involved in a couple car crashes out there through my years. Uh, but when I reflect back on it, I wouldn't change a thing, man, uh, I played for some great coaches that became father figures. I remember sayings that they said. I kept them close to my stomach. And, uh, you know, I'm living a good life, uh, living the right life. And uh, 
it's all good, man. It's all good. I'm hoping one day I land on somebody's coaching staff and somebody's sideline helping helping them get to a Super Bowl as a coach. And Andre, certainly you're talking about how the game has evolved since the time that you were playing to what they're doing now and taking nothing away from the players and what they're doing currently. But be honest, how many more catches, how many more yards, how many more touchdowns do you think you could have added to your career total if you were playing under today's rules? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You want the modest, you want the modest, or you want the, the humble, you want the... We want the honest. You want the game, yeah, you want the game that you want the unmatten. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you want the unmatten. Uh, man, you know, I love the game. It's fast. You know, it's exciting. There's a great... It's, man, there's so many great pass rushers in the game. So that, that, that makes your quarterback have to be even more efficient, you know, in, in getting back in the pocket and making things happen. Getting out of the pocket and keeping the the play alive is the new thing now. Uh, back back in the day, they called it playground football. But when you guys got like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers getting out of the pocket, making things happen, you know, it, it, that and the guy up in Baltimore with the Ravens is normal now, you know. And so uh, it's an exciting game, and I would have loved to play in this game because you can get covered by a defense and that quarterback. He'll open up a can of worms when he gets out the pocket. The guy, the, the, the young fella in Arizona, he's a little, you know, he gets out the pocket and oh my. <laughs> and, and these guys got cannons. They got arms, you know, like cannons. And so, man, I would love to play in this time. <laughs> well, this is the thing, Andre. I, I mean, so we're looking at the stats, right? We're talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The game is so much different than it was when you played at this point, as you, as you mentioned. I mean, you, heck, even the shoulder pads are smaller than, than, than they used to be, right? And right. I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now. You're still top 50 all time in, in receiving yards in, in the NFL. You, you have totaled over 10,000 receiving yards, uh, over 80 touchdowns in your career. It's just remarkable all that you did, all pro uh, all rookie team, five-time Pro Bowls, all of these things. So what I got to know is what would it mean for you to be listed in the Hall of Fame with all of these other guys? Oh, man, it would be a, a, a total honor, you know. It would be a total honor. Uh, you know, it's just, like I said, just all the hard work that we put in behind closed doors, you know, and uh, uh, for a lot of, you know, people that we won't even spend the energy on people that doubt it, you know, just as a person uh, encountered us out, uh, just in life, not, not just as a football player. We, we mean way more, much more to this society, uh, I think. And I believe I use the platform in the right way to continue to help our younger generation uh, uh student athletes and, and others go in the right direction as people. And I think that's the biggest life lesson I learned in the National Football League is about uh, defeating racism uh, and having the platform to know that there's not enough black coaches, there's not enough black management in a game that I love. Um, but at the same time, I won't stop loving this game. We just got to keep still pushing forward um, and also learn to continue to make our game a better game. And it's not about race. It's about uh, putting the best product on the field. And, um, you know, now we got this new thing with these kids getting paid in college. 
and that's opened up a can of worms because uh, coming out of high school, if I could imagine getting paid going to college, uh, that would have just killed my dream to get some money to the National Football League. You know, uh, I'm already living good and better than I did, you know, coming from the situation. And I'm glad they're getting paid, but it's just a little weird. And I think it's going to have a little effect to the game. But as long as I can keep picking out those great players that had the same passion as the Ronnie Lotts and uh, the Brett Favre's and the Sterling Sharps and the, uh, the great players of the game, the Reggie Whites, if we keep picking them out, they'll keep, you know, taking the torch and, and building a, a game that we all love. And, of course, we know uh, Brett Favre made the, the, the comment of, you know, uh, don't let your kid play football until uh, he's 12 or something. That's a big statement coming from a guy who I won a Super Bowl World Champion Championship with, uh, you know, because in the inner city, uh, we need the game of football, and we need it at an early age, and that's the risk that we take. Um, because if you look at the National Football League, um, a lot of Afro American players come from single parent homes. They come from, uh, you know, uh, inner cities and that whole nine. And so that's why I appreciate Green Bay because it was a special place where a lot of inner city kids that made it to the National Football League with all kinds of different stories, different backgrounds, was able to come together as free agents. And it was a bunch of us. And we end up, uh, Ron Wolf did a great job and we end up becoming world champs, man. And I'll never forget it. You know, uh, thank you to Green Bay. Yeah. And Andre, you know, don't ever forget, I know you won't, that you are truly a legend uh, for all Packer fans and NFL fans, and you've got that platform. Uh, and to that end, uh, we know you've got a book coming out. You're going to actually be in Wisconsin tomorrow in Green Bay and Appleton. So can you tell us a little bit before you go about the book, um, you know, what what that uh, story is going to be, and, uh, and then where can people come out and see you tomorrow if they're in the Green Bay or Appleton area? Well, I know you can go to the Green Bay's website, the Green Bay Packers website, and look off into uh, – I guess you would say uh, the, they, the former players, they're, they're celebrating the Super Bowl 31 uh, Green Bay Packer team, and it's a bunch of us coming in. Uh, we all enjoy each other and love coming back. We're going to be here for about three or four days at different places, and, uh, you know, we're just going to be having fun, man, moving around, and uh, we're going to pop our heads into the game and, and wish them on and root them on to a victory, too, uh, Sunday. And so um, I know you can go get the book at Andre Rising dot com wide wide open andre rising wide open dot com and um you can go there you can you can pre-order the book uh it's a great book um i'm fair in the book it's a fun book uh, you know it's a lot of shout outs because a lot of people played a lot of important roles in my um whatever you want to say hall <laughs> of fame inducted career you know uh, a lot of people got to play a big role in it you know you grow and you learn, and I'm just glad and thankful for all the people I had in my career, and I thank them within that book. I, 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 you know, uh, boom. Ooh, it went out. <laughs> it went out. Oh, dear. That's God. That is God. <laughs> that was done. We'll be, uh, you know, we'll be buying that book, Andre. I know that we'll be buying that tonight. Um, there's no doubt about it. Just uh 
Um, really special story here, and we really appreciate you taking the time coming on our podcast and uh, once again joining us. And I know that uh, uh, when the book comes out, we'd love to have you back on to uh, to, to promote it and uh, just keep this relationship going. But thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, I think we might have lost him, but um, but yeah, Andre, so we'll follow up with you. Um, so really appreciate him coming on and uh, being able to share. Uh, it's always so cool when we get to talk to yeah. these legends, and that's what we're uh, that's what we always wanted to do from the start here, Dan. Um, you know, and Andre was only with the Packers for a short time, right? But what a legendary stint it was. Uh, he was such a big part of that Super Bowl 31 championship. And folks, if you didn't listen to uh, or haven't listened to our full interview with Andre last time, we actually got to spend a little bit more time with him. Go back in the archives. It is available, uh, interview with Andre Risen. It was a, a couple of years ago now. Um, and we'll, we'll try to share that too so that you can listen to the full thing because um, we, we, we didn't want to take up too much of his time tonight, mm-hmm. but um, just a, a really, really really cool thing to be able to reconnect with him. So, and, and Wags, I just want to say pro football, uh, HOF.com. Again, it's pro football, HOF.com. You can go vote for Andre. There's a, a few other Packers, uh, Leroy Butler, Donald driver, Nick Collins are all eligible this year as well. So a really great Packer class, uh, but really encourage folks to go there, vote for Andre Risen. And for those that are going to be listening on iTunes and, and Google and, and uh, Spotify later uh, and haven't had a chance to, won't have a chance to see the video, Andre Risen, cool as ever. Uh, we're recording this at 730. The man's still wearing sunglasses indoors. So just an absolute honor to have Andre Risen with us today. For sure. So, Dane, I think uh, we've got a full schedule tonight. Uh, So we're here also to get to the preview uh, of week four. Uh, Packers, Steelers, uh, legendary uh, franchises that are facing off in a regular season. Doesn't happen every year. And, uh, you know, speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, we've got a a rematch of of Super Bowl quarterbacks in uh, Aaron Rodgers and, and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, those two haven't re- those two haven't faced off much for as long as they've been in the league. So we're gonna let's dive into that, Dane. And then uh, around eight fifteen Central, we're also going to be joined uh, by Mark Allman of the uh, Steel City Blitz. Uh, he's going to give us his perspective on the Steelers. Uh, so we've got uh, a lot to dive in here tonight. So Dane, um, why don't we uh, first of all just jump into this? What are some of your overarching thoughts uh, as we head into this matchup against the Steelers? I'll tell you what. Um, it's going to be our defensive line and our fr- uh, front seven against that Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Steeler offensive line. I think that that's what we can exploit uh, going into this game from a strategic perspective. But I'll also say just the offense. I want to see what this Packers offense can continue to build on. We, we saw... Really good second half against Detroit. I thought a very good game against San Francisco. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, we, we talked about it in our review of the 49er game. Uh, he was clicking. So um, looks like MVS could not be uh, eligible to play this week due to a hamstring issue. Offensive line is still a question mark. So does that mean, you know, maybe the tight ends stay in a little bit more and, you know, other wide receivers are stepping up. So it's just going to be a really fascinating game. And this is where we get to see why our coaching staff is still so darn good. 
We've got a very good offensive mind. Coach Hackett, Coach LaFleur are top of their game right now, I feel like. So I think going in, can this Pittsburgh Steeler defense that seems to have a few injuries on it, um, are they going to be able to uh, get to the quarterback? Uh, is Watt going to be able to play? Looks like he was able to practice today. Um, so can the Packers handle that? There's a lot of storylines out there, but at the end of the day, it's this. If the Packer offensive line can keep Aaron Rodgers upright and the Packers defensive line can get in Ben Roethlisberger's face, we're going to win the football game. Yeah, so let's just dive right into it then. So talking about the guys up front, you said Elton Jenkins has not practiced so far again so far this week. I would say at this point it's pretty unlikely that we should expect to see him out there on Sunday. The good news is that Yash and Iman uh, answered a lot of questions for being a third king, third string tackle, uh, stepped out there and uh, performed beautifully for the most part. Unfortunately for him, his job does not get any easier. Sure doesn't. I mean, how ridiculous is that? You go from Nick Bosa now to potentially having to line up against T.J. Watt for a bunch of uh, snaps this week. It couldn't get any more difficult. Uh, in today's current NFL uh, than to draw those two guys and then get them back-to-back in your first two potential starts is pretty insane. Um, So, Dane, do you think from a um, schematic standpoint, you hinted at it, we're going to see a lot of what we saw last week with the tight ends staying in line to help chip and to help block uh, and, and protect Aaron Rodgers on the offensive side? Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of that once again this week. Um, and, and I think part of the reason is because Devontae Adams has been basically uncoverable so far this season, and uh, some of the other receivers have done enough to step up. Um, but all of that said, Wags, I actually think it starts with the run game. Uh, just watching what's happened with San, uh, excuse me, with Pittsburgh the first few weeks, and I'll, I'll be curious to talk with. Uh, with uh, um, our guest here in a little bit about this, but it seems like um, when teams are able to um, get um, multifaceted against the Pittsburgh Steelers and able to run the ball a little bit, that's going to take the heat of that nasty pass rush that Pittsburgh has off of the Packers. So if we're able to run the football and Aaron Jones is able to go, A.J. Dillon's able to go, both of them were limited participants in practices uh, today. Uh, it's it's Thursday. Um, if they're able to go and, and get going a little bit here, I think that's going to make Aaron Rodgers and this offense that much um, their their life that much easier. Uh, keeping tight end, keeping Mercedes Lewis in, maybe keeping Robert Tunyon in at times to help out on, on, the, on the edges. Um, it could be a winning recipe once again. I really think it can be. I like our matchup this week, and I, I hate to say that because I feel like I'm jinxing us, but I really do like our matchup against Pittsburgh. Um, I think that we just have a lot of offensive weapons, and running the ball to open up the play and action pass is going to be paramount. If we can do that, Pittsburgh's really going to have a hard time keeping up with Devontae Adams and these other Packer receivers. Yeah, is it going to be one of those games, too, that the Packers are going to – we talk, we stressed patience last week, and I thought they executed that beautifully. But sometimes when you come back and play in front of the home crowd, the adrenaline gets flowing, and you kind of assume that that crowd is going to carry you, put you over the top, give you that energy that you need. And we've seen at times over the, the – not counting last year, obviously, when uh, – Fans were really not allowed in the stadium for most of the season. Uh, But even two and three years ago, there were games that Packers seemed to come out a little bit flat. Uh, And this isn't a divisional uh, in-conference foe. Uh, So, you know, I think 
to your point, getting that run game going can get some rhythm and uh, just move the chains. And, and I think that's going to be important. What we don't want to do is come out and, and go three and out or have some, some really unsuccessful uh, possessions in the first two or three series because that can put you behind the eight ball quite a bit uh, against an attacking and aggressive defense like the Steelers have. Yeah, I mean, they've got Cam Hayward. I'm looking at their roster a little bit right now. They've got some guys, right? So um, I don't necessarily always listen to the national narrative when they talk about teams because I think that they look at it through a pretty small, um, small scope oftentimes. I mean, you, you know, you watch ESPN and they'll think the sky's falling because a team loses a game, and that's just not realistic in the NFL. Um, when I look through them, they've got some talented guys. Cameron Hayward up front can ball. TJ Watt is TJ Watt, right? He just got paid a ton of money. Melvin Ingram as well can still get after it. He's a little bit older, but he's shown that he can still get after uh, the, the quarterback in a hurry. Devin Bush wags is another one of those guys that he's got really good lateral movement. Joe Schobert is historically a linebacker has been a, a tackle machine. And then uh, another pass rusher, Alex Highsmith, who I know was limited with a groin injury uh, in practice today, but it looked like he was a limited participant. He's probably going to be able to go is my best guess. So they've got guys, right wags? So if we're sitting back there, we're still out Elton Jenkins. We're potentially, I should say, uh, but he hasn't practiced yet this week. We're definitely out David Bakhtiari. So we're still down our two best offensive linemen. So anybody who's coming into this game thinking, oh, it's going to be just a cakewalk, I think has another thing coming. Pittsburgh Steelers have enough guys to get after it if the Packers get down. So it's controlling the clock. Uh, keeping Ben Roethlisberger off the field. I know that Ben's had a little bit of a rough start this year and the offensive line hasn't done him any favors, uh, but he's still Ben Roethlisberger. He can still get you. And we've seen time and time again over a number of years, uh, offenses having uh, a lot of success against this Packer defense when they're able to just chip away, chip away, chip away. They've got a couple talented tight ends. They've got the rookie from Penn State. They've got Eric Ebron as well. So those guys can play. So the way that they match up, and of course they've got their, their rookie running back. So they've got weapons. So I think really it's going to be paramount for the Packers. Take advantage of home field advantage. Um, you know, really try to hold that ball as long as they can. Run the ball. And I think that long-term this game will get away from the Steelers, but the Packers need to stay the course. They need to be patient. They need to do what they do best. And frankly, they need to play like they played against San Francisco, I think. I thought they had a really good game plan going in. Although this week, I think Aaron Jones theoretically could have a bigger week than he did against San Fran. Yeah, they've got tape out there now, so Steelers are going to be ready right. for what they did in San Francisco. You can't just necessarily roll out the same game plan. Uh, they've got two long corners uh, that are talented, and, I, and Joe Hayden and Minka Fitzpatrick. And I know Joe Hayden's had some injuries and probably isn't quite the same player he was when he first came into this league, uh, but these guys can still play, and I think uh, – We'll still probably see a lot of uh, too high safety looks mm-hmm. with those two guys coming up and press, especially if MVS is it's looking like it's not going to be ready. That takes your deep threat away. So you're not uh, not that the Packers don't still have guys that can potentially beat them over the top. It just puts a little bit more uh, takes a little bit of pressure off of that Steelers secondary uh, if MVS is not able to go. So um, I think one of the things we could see, and I asked you before, are the, are the tight ends staying in? I think yeah. they will quite a bit, but I think they're going to give some of those same alignments and 
they might, you may see them actually slip out uh, into a, a pass catching uh, mode. Maybe not on every um, you know situation that there's a uh, that they have. Um, it may depend on what what personnel groupings they have out there. But I think that could be a little bit of a wrinkle uh, now that we've got tape on what they did against the 49ers. Perhaps Tunyon could be targeted a little bit more in that play action game. Um, we could have Aaron rolling out uh, and uh, and getting hitting him on the move uh, for plays that. You know, sometimes they they're only going for five six yards, but that keeps the defense honest. And then they're not the outside linebackers uh, for Steelers. If they're really pinching in and crashing in hard, it's the run game. But I think some of those short waggles and and uh, uh, play action passes to their tight ends mm-hmm. are something else that we can throw in there as a wrinkle uh, to keep them honest as well. Do you think they mix in Deguara a little bit more um, this week as well? I, I think this seems like the kind of week where. Uh, they might use him in the backfield a little bit more and just be a little bit more creative with him. I know last week he was coming back from an injury. Uh, hasn't gotten a lot of snaps through the first year and a half after the knee injury, but I just feel like this is kind of a primed position for for Jos- Josiah DeGuara to kind of mix in a little bit. And not necessarily major snaps, but uh, just to give them some different looks. I know that's one of the reasons they really wanted to draft him in the third round is he's just, he's really flexible. And I feel like in a week where we might keep tight ends in a little bit more, once again, he might be valuable as an asset in that way. Yeah, I mean, we saw him lining up at fullback a number of times last week. Uh, So I think certainly he's going to get a fair share of snaps. I'm not sure how much they're game planning for Josiah DeGuara at this point. Uh, But um, I agree. I think that he's someone that could be involved and and get a a few extra snaps again this week uh, if he's he's, uh, still feeling pretty good and and relatively healthy coming out of last week. Uh, Is not listed uh, with any limitations here uh, on the injury report as far as I saw. So I I agree with you, Dane. And I think we're going to continue to see more and more of A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones out there at the same time. We saw uh, Aaron Jones lined up in the slot, going in motion, and just little tidbits of it two weeks ago and then some more last week. And I just feel like there's going to be some, uh, you know, there's going to be some modifications. There's going to be some stuff coming with that. Uh, That's not out there for no reason, Dane. NFL coaches are not putting stuff out there for no reason. So uh, now defenses are going to have to be aware of, oh, is Aaron Jones actually starting out uh, split out wide and then coming in motion and lining up in the backfield? Is he staying in a wide receiver role and continuing and lining up out in the slot matched up against our, our inside linebacker? Those are mismatches that the Packers are going to be watching to see what do the Steelers do to match up early in the game and then uh, as the quarters go by uh, they'll be able to to see if they can uh, put Jones in some of those uh, mismatches and try to exploit that some more so I fully agree with you I think this could be a a big big Aaron Jones week Uh, we didn't see an increase in carries for AJ Dillon last week I thought Jones was actually more effective running against that 49er defensive front than I thought he would be and um so I don't know if we'll see more carries for Dylan, but it seems like those two are going to continue to see a lot of snaps out there on the field at the same time. Do you think that Kylan Hill gets worked in a little bit, considering both Jones and Dylan uh, seem to be a little bit banged up? I, I think uh, A.J. Dylan in particular, it sounds like it's a back situation, um, which you just never know, right? And I know we're just prognosticating right now, uh, but is there a chance that Kylan Hill gets his first couple carries in the NFL this week? 
He could, but I think if Dylan is full go, I don't think we're going to see a lot of him. But, I mean, he could get a couple. I, I certainly uh, could see that. And, obviously, hopefully A.J. Dillon is is full go and, and yeah. isn't limited in any uh, fashion. If he is, we'll see a little bit more of Kylan Hill. Then he might be called on uh, to have a little bit uh, – of a be, uh, of a heavier workload, and by heavier, I say he could get five to seven carries. Um, uh, that would be about what Dylan's been getting the first two weeks. So, um, outside of that, no, I, I I don't expect that we're going to see a lot of him. It seems like they're really trying to to get both of those guys out there uh, for as many snaps as possible. Um, Dane, on on the wide receiver front, and yeah. specifically, we've talked about protecting. Aaron Rodgers. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this pass game. If we don't have MVS, we saw, uh, you know, <laughs> Devontae 18 targets last week, which is insane. Yeah. What do you think would be the approach this week? Are we going to see something similar or are we going to need to uh, see Aaron spread the ball around a little bit more? And, and if he does, uh, who else do you think could be getting a, a little bit more actively involved this week? Well, it's it's an interesting question, and I'll have a question for you at the end uh, of this. But, um, yeah, I think Devontae, they're going to feed him the ball and make the Steelers try to stop him. That, that's, that's what I really think they're going to do. I thought that the game plan ended up being pretty um, straightforward last week. At a certain point... They're throwing Devonte the ball, uh, you know, two yards, or they would they would throw it, you know, four yards um, around the line of scrimmage. These were not all deep balls. Obviously, the ones that stood out were some of the big big plays. But uh, oftentimes, what they did is they got uh, Devonte the ball and just let him do what he was going to do. And I think the Packers are going to do that again this week. They were going to want to mix him in. They're going to want to mix him in early. Um, but I will say that I thought Lazard started to come on a little bit more this week. But this game, for whatever reason, maybe it's because MVS uh, is a little banged up. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I don't think he's probably going to play this week. I don't have any inside information. But the Packers have um, traditionally been pretty conservative with injuries, particularly with soft tissue injuries. And I, I don't think that they're probably going to want to force MVS to get out there and maybe um, you know worsen or, or make this thing more severe than it needs to be. Um, so I'm actually circling Randall Cobb this week. I think that Randy's going to get mixed in a little bit more. I know we've got Amari Rogers and I know we've got others, but my gut tells me that this is kind of the week where in three receiver sets, we're going to see Cobb uh, in the slot. We're going to see Devontae outside. We're going to see Lazard outside. And then, of course, the Packers like to get Devontae in the slot as well and just work in and out uh, 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 from a matchup perspective. But, Wags, I really think this could be a week where Randall Cobb is helping move the chains, might find his first touchdown of the season for the Packers this week as well. It just feels like that kind of week. It's a home game. Um, you know, just the the, the, car, the stars seem to be lining up that way. Maybe I'm way off base, but I think that they want to get – some of these guys a little bit more active, and this seems like a good week to do it. Um, and what I want to ask you is, I think a recipe for success historically has been Rodgers getting the ball out of his hand quickly. 
this week it might be uh, necessity once again, but do you see a game plan where he's got it for two seconds and the ball's out once again, or do you think that uh, as as Yash Nyman and some of these younger, other young guys settle in, they may give Rodgers some more five-step drops, some more seven-step drops, and, and a little bit more time to scramble and play? Because um, my gut tells me they're getting the ball out again pretty darn quick this week, but I, I you, you watch this very closely, curious what your take is. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I I feel like we need to continue to get the ball out quick. Don't yeah. you? I mean, I mean I do. We we can we can sit here and say, you know, how great the offensive line played last week and part of that was because of the execution that yes. Aaron had of getting rid of the football quickly. So we can't take for granted that just because this off young offensive line played great last week that A that automatically means that they'll play great this week and B that, you know, we need we can just you know, take the foot off of the gas, so to say, on the the short pass game and the rolling in some of the extra protections because this Pittsburgh defense can get after it just as much, if not more so, than than what the 49er front could. So um, we definitely uh, do need to to make sure that we're getting rid of the ball. So I think Randall Cobb is is someone that I don't think he's going to get 10 targets, but he could be – uh, someone that Aaron's looking to uh, with MVS out. And I think that could help them get into some rhythm and uh, take a little bit of pressure off of Devante. Uh, I, trust me, I, I know he's more than capable of, of doing the work, but uh, there was some times in the, the last couple of drives uh, of that 49er game that didn't seem like there was anyone else that Aaron really trusted uh, to throw the football to in the critical situation. And that's where Randall Cobb can really come into play. So I don't know if we're going to see that this week, but obviously we know Aaron Rodgers trusts Randall Cobb. It's just a matter of is he fully up to speed and able to get out there uh, for as many of these packages as possible, given that he is still, you know, I'm sure learning but knows most of this uh, Matt LaFleur offense. So um, he's someone that could be involved. I think Alan Lazard, still has barely been targeted all season. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing getting him involved if possible. Uh, he was open uh, quite a bit in, in two weeks ago uh, against the Lions. I, I don't really go back and specifically watch Lazard on tape to see uh, what it was looking like against the Niners. But he's got to be in a position to win uh, some of those uh, opportunities up front too because – as much as I agree with your assessment that we'll feed Devante until they yeah. stop him, um, I would like to see uh, some of those other guys get involved at some point as well. Um, so, Dane, I think uh, we do have our guest here. Um, before we bring him on, I think let's go ahead and take a break to hear from our sponsor, DraftKings, uh, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And, Dane, the other day you told us about your wife Andrea's experience with downloading DraftKings and getting some deals. So I'm curious if you can share a little bit more about the deals that uh, DraftKings has to offer for our new customers. Yeah, Wags. I mean, it's really simple. DraftKings is making it so easy. It's it's uh, it's it's really a wonderful promotion right now. All you need to do is use promo code TP. PN, and you receive $150 in free bets by placing a $1 bet. 
Um, that's it. Uh, you use promo code TPPN, receive $150 by placing a $1 bet. It's a really great deal. She got involved. Her fantasy teams are better than mine. I don't want to talk about it, but thank you, DraftKings. It's an awesome deal. Yeah, so uh, just uh, to reiterate that, uh, I know Andrea has been some type of like keeper, uh, you know, dynasty league, and uh, she's won a number of times. So she puts Dane and I to shame when it comes to fantasy football. There's a trophy in my house, but it's because of her, not because of me. (laughs) Yeah, I think she might have to come on over the weeks and share what some of her uh, winning lineups were uh, on DraftKings. So, um, folks, uh, download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet in any football game. That's promo code TPPN this week's at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, one day, $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So, Dane, uh, we have Mark Yulman from Steel City Blitz joining us now. So let's bring him in. Mark, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends. And uh, we're looking, really looking forward to this Packers Steelers matchup this weekend. Hey guys, uh, hopefully you can hear me and uh, everything's going okay on your end. Um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to it too, and, and thanks for having me on tonight. Um, we're uh, we're looking forward to just putting together maybe I don't know two or three quarters of decent football right now. <laughs> uh, it's it's been a train wreck. Um, we we really honestly we don't go we don't know how we we beat Buffalo. Um, mm. We, I mean, we, we know how, but we're still kind of struggling to piece together with how all that, that happened. Uh, it was a great performance from our defense. Special teams got a touchdown, um, and, and the offense did just enough that week. And uh, then the last two weeks have been ugly, 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 ugly. And, um, I mean, I, uh, I just don't know. I, 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 we are in a position where we have not been in in a long, long time, guys. Um, in, in Pittsburgh where uh, it's one and two and, and we've been far worse. I mean, we've been zero and four before in the Mike Tomlin era and, and, you know, finished, finished eight and eight, one, eight out of 12 and, and bounced back nicely. But this just feels really, really different. Uh, it, it's the best I can tell you. It just feels, feels different and not in a good way. Interesting. And, and I, Mark, uh, candidly, I've got a lot of respect for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think it's an organization that over the years has just kind of done it the right way. Uh, I like the the attitude of the city. I like the team. You know, obviously, I hope you all lose on Sunday, but I, I do respect the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the defense, you, you talk about that defense. I watched some of that Buffalo game. I've gone back and watched it this week. Um have there been some injuries since that first game? It looks like there's some groin issues with a couple pass rushers. Um, you know, it just kind of curious. You're the expert on this. What's going on with the defense currently? I, we got hit by some kind of groin thing because Joe Hayden was out uh, with a groin. Uh, we lost Alex Highsmith, our, our young up-and-coming edge rusher. Uh, TJ Watt went down early on in the, in the Raiders game in week two with a groin issue. Um, it, it, it just, 
it became kind of a joke. Um, but you know, we we also lost Tyson Alaalu, um, mm-hmm. a veteran defensive lineman, early in week two uh, to to a broken ankle, and and we hope we're going to get him back at some point during the season, but um, we just don't know. And and so you you look at those guys, all four of those guys were missing last week. Stefan Tuitt uh, is still currently on IR. Um, and I, I don't know how many people understand what's going on with him. Um, his brother was killed in June in a, in a just a, a real tragic hit-and-run accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has struggled with that. There is no question. And um, he, he did not prepare for the season the way he, he normally does. And when he came into camp, he wasn't prepared. And so he has been spending this this last month getting prepared. And whether or not he's he's even going to play this year, we don't know. We don't know what his mindset is. But, you know, between him, the four guys I mentioned, uh, our, our defense between week one and last week looked nothing, absolutely nothing like, like it, it did in week one. And, um, it, you know, it, it, it's – it's hard. You guys know. I mean, you get a few injuries uh, to, to even just a couple of your, your better, maybe not your best guys, and it reveals your weaknesses really, really fast. So we're, we're hopeful we get Hayden back. We're hopeful we get T.J. Watt back this week um, and Alex Highsmith. Um, after that, I don't know. I, I just don't know what to expect from this unit right now. Yeah, so on the offensive side of the ball, Mark, you know, when I think of the Steelers, especially under, you know, not even just under Coach Tomlin, but the Steeler way is to run the football, throw the ball over the top. And you've got the receivers to do that, but, you know, they're a little dinged up right now, too. Yep. And you've got this young uh, running back, Najee Harris, haven't really gotten him going yet so far in this young season. Offensive line has struggled a little bit. Yeah. Can you give us some insight into why that might be the case? And is this the week that they're going to try to, you know, come hell or high water, uh, really try to get that running game going and, and get young Najee Harris going on the run? It's a good question, and it's a question that that everybody in Steeler Nation wants to know too. Is is when is this team going to be able to actually run the football? And mm-hmm. and and all of our problems offensively um, are are on the offensive line. And and now when I when I say all, what I mean is it starts there, and then it, it branches out from there. Because when when the O line isn't protecting, Ben just is not what Ben used to be. He's got to have a clean pocket now. He's got to have time to throw. Um, and he's not getting that. Najee Harris is getting hit behind the line of scrimmage at a higher rate than anybody else in the league. Um, it, it, it's just a mess. And, and when you pull up the tape and you start watching our offensive line, there, there's times when you'll see four guys doing all the right things, and then there's one guy that makes a crucial mistake and the whole play is blown up. And then you watch it again, and it's two guys and then three guys. And I mean, we had some plays last week against Cincinnati where – we had our, our rookie center like literally was whiffing on linebackers, just, just whiffing. And it, you, you guys know, you can't do that at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our tackle play has been, has been poor. Our guard play, even with a veteran like Trey Turner um, has been average at best. And, and if you can't control the line of scrimmage, it just kills everything. And, and, and so therefore we can't throw the ball deep. Uh, when we do, it's basically out of shotgun, two, three step drop, throw it and hope that kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, Najee uh, had uh, 19 targets last week, 19 targets for a wow. running back, um, 14 catches. He dropped 
geez, I think he dropped two or three passes, probably just out of sheer exhaustion, quite frankly. Uh, but I, I think we'll try to run the ball. But don't be surprised if that doesn't doesn't hold true for more than maybe half a quarter and we just start throwing it again, the short passing game, because that's the only thing we seem to have confidence in right now. Um, looking at this offense, um, one, one spot that's given the Packers trouble uh, this year so far and honestly for a number of years now has been the tight end position. You've got yeah. a, it looks like a pretty darn good one, a uh, young guy, uh, I believe from Penn State. Uh, can you yep. can you talk about your, your tight end uh, spot there? Because that's, that's what I'm kind of circling for the Packer defense this week as something that we, we need to keep an eye on. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, um, Penn State kid, so real well known to people in mm-hmm. in uh, Western Pennsylvania. Um, tall, athletic, a, a much better blocker than we've had there in recent years. We we signed Eric Ebron, and um, we knew that Ebron had some uh, questionable hands, even in Detroit, and then again in Indianapolis. Sure. But but even in Indianapolis, I think he had a year where he had fourteen or fifteen touchdown receptions. He's been awful. Um, and and I, I don't mean to be cruel to the man. He, he works hard, but he's had more targets than he's had catches. Um, and and he, I think he's got more drops than he has catches right now. It's just been a train wreck. And so Fryermuth has steadily worked his way in as a starter. Um, the first week, didn't see much of him. Second week was a little more. Last week, more. So, what you're saying might hold true. He mm-hmm. might be a guy that Ben looks for a little more often this week. Uh, he's got the good size and athleticism. I would definitely say if we can get into the red zone, you definitely want to look for his number at that point just because he goes up and gets balls um, and, and he can take hits. He's aggressive, and, and I, I, I do think you're onto something there. I think he could be part of our offense this week. Yeah, so I think – one more question I have specific to the game then, just in general, what do you expect the Steelers to try to do? Going back to the Steeler defense against the Packer offense, what are some things that you expect them to do to try to neutralize and at least contain or slow down Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense? Well, I, I mean, you know, unfortunately many of us still have nightmares from Super Bowl forty five. Um and and I, I think what you'll see on Sunday uh, Keith Butler, our coordinator, will he'll definitely mix coverages. I think it's going to depend on is what available, is Highsmith mm-hmm. available, um, and and from there, who who do we use in in our corner situations? Because we've been kind of rotating a little bit. We've got uh, Cam Sutton, who who is an outside guy, but is very good in coverage on the inside. Not a good tackler, not a good blitzer, but does a nice job in coverage. Um, but we also play him on the boundary too. So when he comes in to the to the nickel slot, then that means a guy named James Pierre comes in on the boundary. Has struggled. He gave up a long pass to Jamar Chase last week for a touchdown. He gave up a long one the week before. Um, so those are the things. If I'm the Packers, that's I'm looking for those types of personnel groupings um, when when they're on offense. And, and if they see Pierre, I have no doubt in my mind they're going to target him. Joe Hayden is still a very, very nice cornerback. I think he's probably not what he once was, but he's a smart guy, mm-hmm. uh, plays very, very well, sneaky fast still. Uh, so I, I, that's my guess. You're going to see Aaron Rodgers probably looking for wherever James Pierre is when he's on the field, 
And then if if Sutton is on the boundary, then you'll probably see him look a little more inside to the slot receivers and 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 your tight ends as well. So that that's what I'm worried about. And you're not going to confuse Aaron Rodgers too often. I think it's just about can you can you get a little bit of pressure? Can you get just enough pressure that makes him maybe want to throw the ball a little bit before uh, he wants to? Because last week we did not pressure. It was our first game in 75 straight games. We did not have a sack. Um, and, and Joe Burrow was back there, you know, he could have had a tea party most of the day, you know, before he threw the ball. And and we know if he does that, what on earth is Aaron Rodgers going to do to us? So that that's where I think it'll start. So, uh, prediction time, uh, want to be mindful of your time. Uh, how do you see this game finishing up? Don't worry. We're huge homers. So feel free to pick <laughs> the Steelers. We, we understand, but, uh, well, how do you think this game shakes out? Well, first of all, I, you know, the last time we played in Green Bay, I was there. Um, and, and you guys probably remember it well. It was December 22nd, snowing, 20 degrees. It, it was the perfect first-time visit to Lambeau. I was glad we won that game, uh, but it was beautiful. And, and I loved the fans there. Uh, look, real simple, I think we'll play tough. I think we'll play better. I think we were embarrassed the last two weeks, uh, and we don't want to be embarrassed in a late afternoon game. So I think we hang for a little bit, but we we just don't have the horses right now. And I I think you're going to see a game like 27-17 ultimately uh, in favor of the Packers. And and believe me, nobody wants to be wrong more than me. Um, (laughs) But I, I have to be a realist, and that's what I see right now. That makes me really nervous because for the first time in our podcast history, I picked against the Packers last week, uh, and I think that was about the score I predicted, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, man. So I feel like yeah. he's coming back to, to haunt us. Um, yeah, Mark, and it's, I, I would love to at some time, maybe even just offline, talk to you about the – you know, we both have kind of an old quarterback problem, and, and that's a topic for another day. Yeah, it's just fa- yeah. it's fascinating to see. That's kind of where the similarities between our two franchises sort of start and stop. I mean, the way yeah. that you know the Steelers and the Packers have approached uh, the uh, quarterback situation with Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger has been quite different. Uh, there's no yeah. doubt about that. So, uh, but uh, again, that's a topic for another day. So sure, Mark, sure. Um, we know you've got to get over and uh, record your preview tonight. So uh, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for joining and providing some great insight. And, on and Mark, where, where can uh, folks find you? Where can they find your podcast? Well, we're like you guys. We're everywhere. We're uh, our websites at steel city blitz. Um, and our podcast is the SCB Steelers podcast, and um, we're on Twitter at SC Blitz, Instagram Steel City Blitz, Facebook Steel City Blitz. So just just search those three words, and you are bound to find us. And uh, again, thanks for having me on tonight, guys. I really appreciate it. Great, Absolutely. have a great night. Have Mark. a good thanks. one, and good Thank luck, you. but not too much luck Th- on Sunday. Same to you guys. <laughs> All right. All right. Take care. Thank you. Good night. Um, so Dane, I think uh, that with That's that, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's really great insight. I think with that, um, it's about time, I think, unless you have any other thoughts uh, on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. I'm, I think I'm ready to jump into our X factors and predictions. Let's and and let's do it. And I want you to go first this week, Wags. Uh, okay, very well. Well, I am ready, Dane. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead on the offensive side of the ball. I got Alan Lazard. I just have a mm-hmm. feeling he hasn't been heavily involved uh, to this point uh, as a receiver, has not been targeted much at all 
in this season. I, I as an X factor, I think uh, potentially with MVS not being able to go, uh, he could be mixed in and get a few more uh, targets this week. Uh, he made uh, the most of his one target last week in the first reception of the game. Uh, so I think uh, 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 Lazard. Look, uh, Aaron. I don't disagree with the mentality, get Devontae the ball. So I'm not mm-hmm. uh, saying don't feed Devontae, but I do think that in the grand scheme of things, uh, being able to get some of these other guys involved and in rhythm could really pay dividends over the course of not only four quarters in a football game, so then there's more guys that Aaron is connecting with late in the game if this is a close game, uh, and Devontae's just draped in coverage. Now he's got someone else to, to get involved. But also, over the course of this season, um, we don't want Devontae to be getting 18 targets every week. I, I know he's a workhorse, best receiver in the NFL uh, for my money, but uh, that's, that's a lot of work uh, to be putting on a guy every week. So I'd like to see um, Alan Lazard, and, and, and I, I like Randall Cobb getting more involved this week, uh, but I'm going to go with Lazard as my X factor. I think he gets in the end zone. I think he gets five-plus receptions. Uh, I think he gets 60-plus yards. So I think it's going to be a really, really nice uh, day for Lazard, and, and he's going to uh, make his impact felt for the first time in this young season. That sounds great, and I hope you're right. Uh, I, I do because I th- I like Allen. You know, you know, I, I like I like what Allen brings to the team. Um, I want to say Randall Cobb, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to say Kylan Hill. I, I, something tells me I think Kylan gets his first NFL touchdown this week. Uh, both Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon a little banged up. Um, who knows how this game kind of the flow goes? But especially maybe second half. Um, Kylan gets uh, a couple more touches. I think he's really good out of the backfield catching the ball. I agree, Wags. I don't think he's getting 20 touches or anything monster, but I think he might get five. And I think he does something with that five. He might also do something in the, in the, in the kick return game. I just, there's something about him back there. He seems to know what he's doing with the football. I say it every week on the podcast. I might make a t-shirt out of it. He seems to know what he's doing with the football. So I think Kylan Hill is going to make his presence felt a little bit more this week. And I'm also kind of hedging my bet just in case for some reason, um, you know, uh, AJ Dillon's back flares up or Aaron Jones is a little banged up and they decide let's ease off the gas a little bit this week and we're Kylan Hill. Hopefully that's not the case. We want our guys to all be good, but but um, uh, just I, I would really regret it if I didn't say Kylan and then he goes off and scores a touchdown. So I'm saying Kylan hey, Hill this week. I love having, you know, you got to go with your gut instinct, Dane. And, uh, you know, whenever we predict these X factors, let's th- let the record show that we're rooting for both of us to be yes. right. Because <laughs> if our X factors go off, it's usually going to be a good thing for the Packers. Yes. Um, okay, well, I'll let you lead off on the defensive side of the ball. I've got someone circled, so I'm curious to see who you have over there. There's a lot of options, I think. There's a lot of options this week, especially against this offensive line of Pittsburgh, as Mark referred to. Um I've got a few guys in my brain, but I'm just going to say it's Rashawn Gary's week. Um, I'm going to say Rashawn Gary, we need to get a pass rush. And um, he turned it on, I thought, in the second half against San Francisco, got some good pressures. I think this week he gets to Big Ben um, and is just, just, you know, disruptive in the pass rush game. So I'll say Rashawn Gary getting in the backfield. 
Uh, it's a young, inexperienced offensive line, and Rashawn using some of that now almost veteran experience to get to Big Ben and, and just be just be hectic. And Ben's hard to bring down, Wags. So I'm not sitting here saying Rashawn's getting a ton of sacks, but what I am saying is that you know you can hit the quarterback and just be in his face and make Ben uh, get off his mark. And that's what I think Rashawn Gary's capable of doing, and that's what I think he's going to do this week. So he's our X factor. Yeah, that would be great to get him going. And we need to see a full four-quarter game from Rashawn Gary. He's yes. he's shown a couple of spurts, but I don't know that we've seen um, you know quite what we were hoping for so far. And I know there's nobody more motivated than Rashawn Gary to get mm-hmm. out there and prove that he can do it. So hopefully this is the week. I'm going to go with Darnell Savage. I thought he had his best game of the year last week. Uh, he's been right on the precipice of making – uh, you know, a big pick or a big impact play. Um, I, honestly, if he does what he did last week, that would be plenty good uh, for mm-hmm. this Packer defense. Uh, but I do think this might be a week where he gets on the board uh, in the interception department. Uh, just if we are playing from ahead, uh, we might see Ben. He, you know, he's Hall of Fame quarterback, obviously yes. uh, not at the level he was a few years ago. Uh, but the Steelers are a little desperate. They're going to try to make some plays down the field. They might even connect on one or two. Um, they're good enough to do that to us. So, um, you know, th- we're going to have to make sure that we aren't getting beat over the top and giving them that space uh, because, uh, you know, despite some of the struggles that Roethlisberger's had this year, he's still got that uh, arm and he's one of the best uh, deep pass throwers in NFL history. So we've got to respect that always. Um, that said, I think, um, I think uh, this is the week that uh, we can be in a position that if Big Ben has to force something in that second half, that, um, uh, that Savage can come away with a big interception and, and really put the tilt things in the Packers' favor. And, and dare I say, maybe not ice the game, but, but mm-hmm. really swing the momentum and, and, and nip things in the bud as far as the Steelers' comeback. So I like Savage to uh, uh, get an interception this week. Uh, and uh, if he continues to make uh, the impact in coverage and pass breakup as well, like we saw last week, uh, he can uh, definitely help this defense go to that next level. Yeah, it's it's a good choice, and I think Savage is get, just getting better and better, isn't he? I love his game, and he and Amos paired together. I, I just I'm so encouraged with Chair and now Eric Stokes coming on, and I really you know we're both very high in Chandon Sullivan. I just I really like our DBs right now. I really like the flow of what we've got going, and I I, I think that Savage could make a real mark this week, and uh, I'm waiting for that pick six from him. You know, one of these weeks is coming because he's a big play guy. He's got speed. He can he's a bullet, right? He just runs around out there. Yeah, he's he just has to. We've been saying the word patient a lot the last couple of weeks. But Savage is another guy that, you know, he's got great instincts. He got speed. He's got, you know, the big play ball hawking ability. Mm -hmm. But he needs to trust himself and his teammates. And as, as long as he's doing that, his opportunities will come to him. Um, sometimes where he gets in trouble is he's trying to make the big play too often instead of just playing the, making the right play. Um, and as long as he's making the right play and he allows those big play opportunities to come to him, he's going to be good enough to take advantage of them when they, do, when they surface for them. Uh, so uh, I like, like his chances this week for sure. Um, Beautiful. Well, Dane, then it's prediction time. Yeah. I will tell you I'm more optimistic this week, although uh, this is 
not an opponent we could take lightly. We've seen this script so often. Uh, we come off a big victory, come home, just assume we're good to go and the team comes out flat. We need to make sure that we're ready to go against a team in the Steelers that is going to be desperate. I know Mark was a little bit pessimistic about the Steelers. I don't trust him. Uh, I want this Packer team to be ready to go on Sunday. So we can't be falling behind. We can't sure. be flat and we can't be ready to go. I don't think we will be. I, I like your game plan of getting in a rhythm. Uh, running the football. I do think this Steelers defense can cause some problems for us in the pass rush, especially if Highsmith and uh, TJ Watt are ready to go. But uh, we should be able to run the ball against this defense. And I think we didn't run for a high average yet uh, in the last couple of weeks, but it feels like we've been pretty effective running. And I think we continue that this week. And, and dare I say, we may even be able to take that to another level this week. So um, I like uh, that as a way to get out in front. I think the Steelers hang around in the first half and into the third quarter. Uh, but I do think we do where we pull away defense gets a couple of big turnovers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the Packers to actually uh, pull away in this one, uh, 34 to 21. Uh, and um and I think the um, uh, Packer fans are going to be going home happy on Sunday evening. And the Steeler fans are going to be still a little bit sad and left scratching their head, trying to figure out how they beat Buffalo, who may be the best team in the AFC in week one, and, and they're one and three. So um, I hope that I didn't just jinx myself with after our pick from last week, but I feel pretty good about this one. So, Dane, don't make me change my mind. It's a great. It's a. I really like it, and I hope you're right. Um, and I, I would agree. I think the Packers pull away in the third quarter. Uh, I, I'm not predicting a defensive touchdown, but I am predicting some short fields for Aaron Rodgers, who is absolutely humming right now. I think the Packers put up 41 points uh, this wow. week. I, I think they just they they pour it on. 41-24 is my prediction. Uh, it's close, and then it ain't close no more. And it's it's the Packers getting to Roethlisberger, putting him off his mark. Roethlisberger having one or two turnovers. Uh, just just um, the Packers defense is going to be relentless this week. And and one of the reasons I say that is it wasn't just Rashawn Gary. It wasn't just um, Kenny Clark or 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 um, Preston Smith. But I was really excited to see Jonathan Garvin get out there and Chauncey Rivers and some of these other guys starting to get after it last week. I think we build on these young linebackers getting after it this week and our defensive line just continues to be disruptive. I think we're going to be down Tyler Lancaster. It looks like it's going to give TJ Slayton more of an opportunity. He's going to stuff the run against this young, young and experienced offensive line and the Packers are going to be flying around. So short field after short field equals a lot of points for the Packers. I think Rodgers picks up where he left off in those last 37 seconds. He finds Devontae. Devontae has a big game, but Aaron Jones also has a really, really strong game. And, you know, it's just one of those games where the Packers' best players shine. I think that's this week. 41-24 Packers win. Awesome. I love the pick, and I think we're kind of pretty well aligned then. So, again, uh, can it get to Sunday yet? Dave, I know. I'm so play, excited. Man. I have such a better feeling, and I know all Packer fans do, just that sick pit in my stomach after week one. It kind of carried over even after we disposed of the Lions in week two. But now after that big win, 
on Sunday night against the 49ers. I've got my confidence and mojo back as a fan. Uh, I'm really feeling a lot more optimistic about this season, and uh, I'll feel even better if we don't have a letdown and, and we're able to come home and take care of business against a struggling Steelers team here on Sunday. Yeah, no, you're right. So, I mean, listen, folks, find us on Instagram and and, and uh, Twitter and Facebook at Lombardi's Legends. Uh, we're on iTunes and Google and YouTube and Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. So just, you know, look out for us. Share us with your friends. We love doing this. Thanks. A huge special thanks to Andre Risen, absolute legend in the game for coming on and joining us. Um, and and, and uh, it was just really a joy to do this one tonight. I know it's a little bit longer of a podcast, but, um, you know, we got to fit in a lot of great guests sometimes, Wags. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to Mark Uleman of Steel City Blitz uh, for joining as well. If you want a full Steelers perspective, go check them out. Sounds like their weekly preview should be out uh, tomorrow as well. Um, So sometimes it's nice to hear what that opposing side is saying about not only our team, but what what they're talking about for their team. So go check them out as well. Um, Folks, thanks for joining on the live stream. Or if you're downloading and listening to us tomorrow, we appreciate it. We'll be back. Sunday night after the game on Instagram Live. Uh, And then we will also be back here on YouTube and Facebook Live as well for our full game recap after the Steelers versus the Packers on Sunday. So, Dane, I think that just about does it. Folks, thanks for joining. And as always... Go Pack Go! go. Yeah, I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go Pack Go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.